I would like to start by giving my a little bit of, I know there are a few here who don't or have never seen me or we've never met. As you've heard, my name is Pastor Sami. I come from Kenya, eastern part of Africa, where um, there is revival taking place. And currently, including Burundi, we have 16 countries in Africa. And I can say that the revival in Africa initially started from Adelaide. So uh, the Vogue, Elizabeth, uh, and Woodruff, of course, all together united. Mount Gambia having come from here. Uh, all our instructions and teachings, we got them from Adelaide. So we... We still have very good memories because most teachers and brothers, pastors were coming from Adelaide, including Pastor David Sharma. <laughs> so he's a good man. But we have agreed. That's why he's very careful when he's talking about me because he got his wife from East Africa, Tanzania. He holds me some cows. <laughs> well, I would like to ask, please, how many were at the camp? Just put up, yeah. Oh, quite a good number. Yeah. Um, I have been in the Lord for 28 years. I came to the Lord when I was 27 years. So I've lived in the Lord more than my uh, other life. And what I can say is that I've never felt at any time that I have attained perfection, that I know everything. In fact, all the time I feel I know nothing. I ought to know as need for me uh, to put effort and be more focused. And so long as I'm in this, in this flesh and this body, uh, what was put inside me, that is the Holy Spirit, is a driving force. And I always desire that I am led by the Holy Spirit, focused in the things of God. And my testimony, uh, because I was a young man, I struggled with many things, including when I came to the Lord as after I was baptized, received the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, I went home. My mother, my parents, uh, and my brothers, they didn't want to hear about it. So I had a real hard time because when I went there, I didn't expect that. But it took time for me to make a determination. For, for those of you who were at the camp and for those of you who were not at the camp, uh, we agreed that when we come back, it's good to share about what we have learned together and how we need to embrace it. And part of it, is what I would like to share with you. 
It includes my life as well and life of us all together. Because uh, when my family, the whole family, turned against what I was preaching, I would have given up. Uh, but I stood and I had to make a stand. And I remember after th- three months, because my mother was a leader elsewhere, and she was seated somewhere, but having heard what we were preaching for some time, but she was pulled in between what I was saying as a son and what her denomination, a former church, was saying, even though she had given some responsibility there. And she didn't want to join me because I'm just a son. And she had some, you know, good names there. But the more she listened, she got, she got convicted. But she didn't want to admit. She didn't want to say, I have listened and I know. Or I've come to a point where I agree. So as she was seated there doing some knitting, and we had, I'm talking to some other people. It happened that without our realization, without even my realization, she started speaking in tongues. She had never tried, and she was surprised. She didn't really. Then she asked, what is this? I had to stop and look at her. I said, yes, ma'am, that is what I've been telling you. And everything else that she was objecting, she had to agree to it, even though she didn't know how to read. But she, as I read the scripture now, confirming what has happened, she was able to say, because she has seen real evidence from God. And that is, I was saying, this is what the Bible says. And from such evidence in the village, there were so many other things that through evidence, whether people knew how to read or not, God was able to confirm through his word with signs and wonders that there was a total transformation of many people's lives. That gave me courage, confidence, and strength. And even though I felt, I was fearing that I would not make it, But God upheld me, and through confirming his word, those things that I used to fear, including the learned clergy, the archbishops and bishops, I had courage now to take them on, and many other things. Now, in our camp, we were looking at or talking about we have great majority of people who are against us, and the whole world, and what people speak about salvation, and whatever else they say, they perceive us in a way, yes, we know we are peculiar, and we have a peculiar faith and belief, which is according to the Bible, but the world does not like us. The world will hate us and has always been hating us. We are not the first people. That is the way the gospel is. That's the way it was started from the beginning. That's the way they perceived Jesus Christ. But what I want to tell, I want to talk about is in our camp, right from the meeting 
for pastors. The fear is, especially now that we are in Australia, uh, where are we heading to? What about our values? Are we comparing ourselves with anybody or other people? Uh, because the values are just rotten. People are not doing things the way things used to be done. And the standards of the Bible, the standards of the Word of God, let us remember what we received. To be born of water and the Holy Spirit, to become a child of God, is the beginning. But to walk in newness of life, to walk while we are led by the Holy Spirit, is another thing altogether. It requires us not working as or moving as individuals because we have all been born into this family. But we need to hold hands together. We need to look at each other and we need to fight the battle. It is there and the world is not compromising. It just wants to win each and every one of us. So how many people have we lost? How many people are struggling within us? How many people have got uh, marriage problems? And how many people have got stress? And sometimes they might end up going to see the doctor or a psychiatrist or a professional counselor when we have everything. Now, the theme of our camp was we have the answer. But how do we embrace and realize that we have the answer. We find that our people are looking for answers elsewhere. They are not content with what we have been given. So it is high time that each and every time we remind one another, we pray about one another, we uphold one another, because there is so much pressure. So much pressure that our unity is, is very much needed. And just before I read this scripture, I'd like to give a short story about, maybe I might have given you that example before, about Kenya and Kenyan athletes. Kenyans are well known for long distance running. And you might have heard the recent Olympic here in Australia. Whenever it comes to steeplechase or something like uh, 5,000 meters, you are most, most likely to have uh, gold, silver, medal, uh, medal and bronze, all Kenyans. Uh, but listening to them or wanting to know what is the secret, because many people you know, don't know, maybe they, they talk of the genes or the attitude through which or where they do the exercise. But there's something more than that. Is that when they are exercising or practicing, and even when they are starting to run, they run together. And they run as a team. And they agree. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who gets the gold provided it has to come to Kenya. So when they start, they start as a patch of uh, 10 men 
but they have a strategy. And the strategy is, uh, let Nick go in front. He's not as good as I am. So let him set the pace. And let, his, let him exhaust the other man because they will run after him. And with others, because we know we are smart, we are remaining right behind, but together. So that if anybody is willing, I mean, if anybody is feeling that today I'm not strong, we keep on telling him, keep up. Don't slacken. Let's go. Let's go. So they, they run in a kind of team motivation. And that strategy works very well. Because after Nick is exhausted, then he comes back to the park. Somebody else goes there. He does the same. And then a time comes when um, after maybe some few kilometers, everyone is exhausted. Because those who are running after the pace setter, they are running, they know this one is the one who is going to get gold. But they don't know the secret. The gold getters are behind them. All they want is to exhaust them. But after everyone is tired and they are run, they have run, so they all agree, okay, let's go. They all go in front. Psychologically, everyone is beaten. They know the gold is going to Kenya. And so they say, okay, let's run now. So they all run. They go to an extent, they say, okay, everyone for himself. Because they know now it is going to Kenya. Number one, number two, number three is coming to Kenya. And in such a time, in such a strategy, they find that normally the best ones could, are most likely to get the gold. But it also happens that somebody who has never won a gold medal emerges to be the one to get Because at that time, he has got a lot of energy out of the motivation that he has got. And now this is the time and he feels that he's so strong and he goes on and he beats the others. But after that, they look at him, they say, well done. After all, it has come to us. So, now, just that kind of example. The world is looking at us. And there are times when, in our families, and even between an assembly like Elizabeth and the Vogue, there are times when some things could happen, then there's a rift or a family and a family. And whether we like it or not, because we haven't attained perfection, and we shall never attain perfection, we need support, we need help, and we need help from each other. Such that when I'm overtaken, or when I feel so much down, my brother is there for me, my sister is there for me. That is what will make us and every one of us stand. And therefore, we can therefore help because we also have different age groups. We have those who are crossing from uh, youngies. They get married and they have got no idea what it means. Then there's a gap. There's the old ones. Then there's the young ones. There are the middle ones. And sometimes people can form classes or cliques such that you start talking about the past. We used not to be this way. When we started, we used to do this and that, but it is there no, no more. When you hear people talking that way, 
the answer is not to talk about it. The answer is to do something about it. So that's what we have been talking about. Let us do something about where we see and we think. There's a rift. There's a weakness. Some weaknesses need exaltation. Others need comfort. Others need to get closer to your friend, to your brother, to your sister. And you give him some courage. Don't give up in your marriage. Don't think of going out. Stick there. Be faithful. Let us pray about it. Okay. Let's turn to uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it says in verse 12, And we beseech you, brethren, to to know them that labor among you, and I offer you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. So at the camp, we started with the council. Then after the council, the pastors. After the pastors, the leaders, leaders camp. And this, is, this was all about how do we take care of our people? How should we safeguard to make sure that we don't let, we don't let enemies penetrate and that we are not vulnerable because problems will be there and we are always attacked. We are the target of the world. Nobody would like us to lose anyone or any people. But what are the percentages? How many come in and how many are going out? We have heard splits, differences. How did they come? How do they come? They come when people don't listen to the offer side. They come when people have differences, but they don't you know, engage each other. Or they don't engage, or they are not engaged in the right way. When people are busy talking about problems, but not doing the work of the Lord. So, in such cases, I know this has been heard many times, and this is encouragement, that let us not just talk about any problem. Let us do something. Let us ask. Let us pray. Let us consult. Let us, you know, have the attitude, the right attitude that we are going to overcome. And then when we are all collectively together and we hold hands, then anybody who is weak will be uplifted. And that becomes a testimony. Verse 14. Now we exalt you, brethren. Warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. There will be always some people who are unruly. There will be people who are weak. And there will be people uh, who need, you know, who are feeble-minded. Because their minds are not as strong as everyone else's mind. But those people need attention. They need our attention. They need, others need our comfort. Others need our exaltation. 
But the drawing line is it is always good to be patient to all people. That is what the offer side does. Sometimes they can be patient and we think they are too patient or they, have, they should have done something and we start grumbling and murmuring and then we go to the other extent and we cause problem in people's lives. And instead of somebody being sustained and being helped, then he goes or he loses hope. But when we hold hands and everyone knows, I mean, each one of us knows his or her responsibility, then unity is upheld and we are likely to help each and every soul. And to, we are working towards perfection. But a perfection shall only be attained when Jesus Christ comes. We have to accept at times that we have weaknesses. Every one of us has a weakness. But my weakness can be your strength. Your weakness can be my strength. We need to hold hands at all times that we help those who are struggling, those who do not know what to do, especially in our setups. Um, Australia is faced, and the Western world is faced with very hard times. When we have gay marriages, when the values in marriages are no more there, when people are talking of equality, nobody's, nobody wants to listen to another, and people are, want to go to that extent, what the world says, just to go like anybody else. And the world wants to tell us. And when you are doing according to the Bible, we are upholding the standards of the Bible, we feel, or rather we are seen or perceived as people who are outdated, barbaric, old-fashioned. And that becomes a challenge because we are living in other people. All the time when they talk to us, we start feeling, oh, maybe we are not in the right place. When people start feeling that way, they become double-minded. And then they become weak. And they start doing things that they used not to do. They start listening to things that they used not to listen. They could not listen. They go to an extent where they cannot even listen to the oversight. And that's how we lose people. But when we hold hands, then the Lord will always be there with us. Uh, Okay, shall we turn to Colossians? Colossians chapter 3. Um, yeah. Verse 12 says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfect, uh, which is the bond of perfectness. So, I'm talking about being perfect. We have not attained it, but charity, that is love, is the bond of perfectness. If by all means we maintain and uphold love amongst each other in brethren and forbearing one another, then the world or whoever perceives us will see uh, the true picture. 
and we are working towards perfection. And that's the picture, because we are, the, we are a letter written, and the world is reading this letter. Verse 23. Verse 23 says, And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to, the, as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve Lord Christ. You know, um, it all comes to me and you. Because it's my choice not to listen or to listen. It's my choice to do or not to do. But if I take it this way, that I'm not doing it to any man. I'm doing it to the Lord. And whatever... Uh, whatever we have agreed, whatever the Bible says, whatever my pastor says, whatever the offer said, whatever we have agreed, so long as I will do it as unto the Lord and do it from my heart, there it will always be good. It will always be, it will all work for good to me. And I'll be in a position now to help another person. And then our unity in that way, it will not matter who is who. The glory will not come to me. The glory will not come to you. The glory will not go to the pastor. The glory goes to the Lord. The glory goes to our unity. It, is go it goes to the church. And that's the picture that we shall always portray. And we all shall get gold. We all shall get victory. It is ours. We have the answer. God bless you.